Hey everyone, welcome to episode 135, Mastering Your Mean Girl. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So I do not like to be sexist on our podcast. So I titled this Master Your Mean Girl, not because it's my title, but it's a title of a book that I think you will all love and the dads too, because we all have a mean girl and we all have a mean dude inside of us. So whether you're a guy or a girl, mastering your mean guy, mastering your mean girl is the secret to success in all the things that you do. Because we always talk about how we want to focus on what our kids are doing right. We want to illuminate that because we're going to find more evidence of it. We're talking about how we can do that through sports or through keeping a point system. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to create consciousness around creating good habits around what your kids are doing. Illuminate that have a potty dance about that, kind of like if if you've ever potty trained before, and then you're going to see more evidence of it. You're going to be on this positive feedback loop with them where they're going to do more of it because they like the way it feels when they do the thing. So we talk about that all the time with the kids. Now we're going to talk about doing it with ourselves. And this is going to feel sticky and weird and vulnerable and awful. And you might feel like you're walking around a little naked. You might feel like you're becoming a narcissist. Your brain will go to all or nothing. Oh, I can't be so full of myself. I can't have a big head. I can't have a big ego. I can't think I'm too hot to trot. And you don't have to do all those things. But I'm just offering that giving equal airtime to both will kind of quiet the mean girl or the mean guy. Because I spend so much of my day with all of you, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's in a small group, whether it's on email, whether it's on Boxer, telling you how amazing you are. And you're kind of like, meh, yeah, I guess. Well, you know, I was in third grade when I won the spelling bee, but I'm a good mom, but I'm a good husband, but I'm good at keeping the house organized, but, and when you say the word, but you negate everything you say before that word. We all have a mean girl or mean guy in our head. That is completely normal. I want to normalize that for you as much as possible. And this book called Mastering Your Mean Girl by Melissa Ambrosini is such a fabulous book because it goes into all of the things that we tell ourselves. But when we're not conscious of it, we just believe it as factual and we don't even question it. We just think that it's the truth and then we act accordingly. We eat food accordingly. We move our body accordingly. And so I want you to think of someone that you hold in high esteem. It could be a friend. It could be a sister. It could be a parent. It could be your daughter or your son or someone at work. And so I want you to picture saying those things to that person that you hold in high esteem. Now, the word self-esteem comes from doing esteemable acts and talking in an esteemable way. You hold someone else in high esteem because of your thoughts about them. So the same thing works the way we talk to ourselves. That is how self-esteem is built. Awareness of how we're talking to ourselves. Now, we're not going to eradicate the mean girl altogether. She or he will always be present because he or she is trying to keep us safe. 
It thinks we're going to die if we go and do that thing, if we go to that social gathering, if we write that book, if we start that blog, if we start that podcast, if we start that new job, if we start that new relationship, if we open that Etsy shop, if we start managing on a budget, or if we leave that relationship, or we create boundaries in that relationship, your brain, the mean girl, the mean guy, think that you will die. So they will tantrum. They will have a pity party. They will start doing self-loathing. It's completely normal. It's a fear-based voice telling you to go back in the cave. So it will say things like, you're not good enough. You're not working hard enough. You say the dumbest things. You're a loser. You don't deserve to be loved. You don't deserve this happiness. Who could love you for what you did five years ago? You're too young for this. There's no way you could be successful. Everyone around you is so much older. I work with parents and they say the opposite. I'm too old to go after my dreams. I'm too old to write that book. No one's going to care what you have to say. You're such a failure. You're not creative enough. You're never going to be good enough. You will never have financial success. You will never be financially free of all that debt. You're never going to look like those other people. And at the core of all of it, the mean girl, the mean guy is always screaming at the top of its lungs, you're not good enough. You can't draw that picture. No one's going to like your art. You can't perform that solo. Who do you think you are is the underlying message in all of it. It happens to me. It happens to you. It happens to your neighbor. It happens to your greedy, greedy grandpappy. There is not a person that I have worked with, including myself, that this doesn't happen for. This is normal. I want to normalize it for you as much as possible so you can be aware and stop feeling shame and guilt about it. Because when you have shame and guilt and it hides in the dark, like Brene Brown says, when you hide shame in the dark, that is where it grows and festers, kind of like mold. Mold likes the dark, it likes the sticky, it likes the muck, and that's where it grows. So when you don't bring it to light, it grows and it festers and creates anxiety, creates depression, creates isolation. It gets you further away from your truest self because the mean girl or the mean guy is running the show not your true authentic self of who you are at your soul level, who God intended you to be. So awareness is the first step because once you're aware of it, then you could be like, huh, that's not a very nice thing to say to me. Me, you're being a little mean to me. And you can kind of create separation from it. It's the ego, it's the fear, it's the inner child. It's the primitive part of the brain. It's the monkey mind. Whatever term that you like, that kind of gives you connection to that inner critic, that's when you have more control over the inner critic. She never goes away. He never goes away. The goal is not to silence them. The goal is to coexist with them. It's kind of like two siblings that don't get along and you have to go on a family trip. You're like, listen, listen, Linda. I don't need you two to be singing Kumbaya and holding hands on while you're walking the beach. I just need you to coexist. I need it not to be awkward when the two of you are around. If you've ever gone through a breakup with a friend or with a significant other and then you have to be at a social event together... It gets awkward and it's awkward for everyone. So you just want to keep things cordial when you're at the party. You don't want anybody throwing wine or Chardonnay or bubbly in each other's faces. You have to coexist and be cordial with each other. So if your inner mean girl, your inner mean guy is a total bully, you're not going to go from a total bully that you cannot stand to let's hug and let's walk down the beach and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. So you're going to go from a place of, I can't stand you, you're the enemy, to now we have to coexist and be cordial. It's a gradual relationship that you will go through, and sometimes you will enjoy and be around your inner critic, because you'll be able to not laugh at it, but laugh with it. Because mine was always, 
you're such a loser. You're a loser mom. You're not good enough being a wife. You're horrible at keeping the house organized. You're not that great of a mom. Who do you think you are? You're a total loser. (laughs) And I didn't even know that you were even supposed to listen to their critic. I just believed it and then I became more of it and I looked for evidence of it. And then I used my kids as pawns to prove what a loser I was. When they would act up in public, I'm like, yep, see, there's evidence. There's exhibit A. And then we'd be at Chuck E. Cheese and there'd be exhibit B. Can you tell some trauma happened at Chuck E. Cheese? I talk about it all the time. Oh, and they were at school and they got in trouble. Yep, more evidence. Exhibit C. Let's just keep going down the line. And there's just kids being kids. But I used it as evidence to prove what I was already telling myself. And even when they were having a quote unquote good day at school, at Chuck E. Cheese, with their grandparents, with me, around the house, I'd be like, mm, wonder how long that's going to last. This is a one-off. This is an event, not a pattern. I'm always a loser underneath it all. Like what? And so when you read Melissa's book, you look at Melissa and she's like this avid dancer. She's drop dead gorgeous. She's got a handsome husband. I just found out when I went to her YouTube that she's gotten pregnant and already had the baby since the last I read her book. And she has this fairy tale looking life, but she was miserable on the inside because of all of those inner critic words that were happening. And she believed and it turned into an eating disorder, anxiety, depression. She had cold sores around her mouth and through her throat, down her throat, because it was creating this ulcer of stress within herself that she was causing based on things that she was telling herself. So we really need to be aware of this. And when we're aware of it, we can kind of agree with it. Like, yeah, maybe there's part of me that's a little bit of a loser mom. I'm not the greatest wife, but I try. I do my best. I'm pretty good at keeping the house organized, but not that great. So you see how you can coexist and you don't have to be all or nothing. Loser mom, loser wife, horrible at keeping up the house. I'm addicted to shopping. So she talks about a four-step process called CAST. And I love this because it creates separation between you and the inner mean girl or the inner mean guy. And CAST is the C stands for character. You want to create a character. You want to name your person, your inner critic. And whatever the first name is that comes up is the name you want to give him or her. For some reason, Edith always comes up for me. I don't know why. It could be complaining Carl, could be negative Nancy, could be Sheila, it could be Rumpelstiltskin, it doesn't matter. You just want to create a name and then you can kind of see your inner critic and your inner voice, your inner mean voice as separate from you, as a relationship outside of you, but not someone who you are at the soul level. So you create a character, you visualize what he or she looks like, you give him or her a name and then you kind of just like, hey, we got to kind of coexist and be cordial here. We're going to be at this party together. I know we had a falling out. I know you're really mad at me. I'm not really a big fan of you either, but we have to go to this office party and we have to coexist. We have to be cordial. So how are we going to do that? Oh, you don't have any ideas? Well, I've got a few because I'm the assertive pack leader energy and now I'm in charge. You're speaking from the heart level versus the head level. The heart and the head are always in battle. This happens to me every single stinking honking day. It doesn't ever go away. Our job is not to eradicate it. It's just to give equal airtime to the head and then also to the heart. So once you get into a character, then all of a sudden you go into the awareness mode where you're like, oh, you're going to say that this morning. Okay. Sometimes I wake up and my brain just literally just dumps on me. You're a loser. Why'd you say those things? You're so socially awkward. You have so much social anxiety. What is wrong with you? Why aren't you more grateful for the things in your life? Who do you think you are? So you kind of hear it like, okay, Edith. Okay. We're going to go there. Okay. Okay. And then that's the head talking. I see what you're doing, Edith. It's okay. I know. We're going to do the thing anyway. 
We're going to record the episode of the podcast about you. And I know it's going to feel awkward and weird. We're going to do it anyway. And she's sitting over there, hands folded, pointy-lipped, all like, fine. So much attitude. So when you're aware of her or him, then you can kind of wink at him or her and be like, hey, we don't have to be besties. What if we try to coexist with love? I love you for trying to protect me. I hear you. I know you're scared. I'm a little scared too. So if you could like hop on board a little bit on this thing we're going to do, it'd really be awesome. But I don't need you to, but it would be awesome. No matter what, the ship is sailing. I hear you. Your opinion has been noted loud and clear. You've been kind of loud for a couple of years. Now the heart's going to take over a little bit. So that's the A in cast is you build the character. You have awareness about him or her. And then the S is you're probably going to have to shut the door on her or him. And you can let them peek through the door. Because sometimes when you shut the door completely, they start to tantrum like the toddler in the grocery store when you say no to the lollipop. They kind of get a little bit louder. So you'd be like, it's okay. I'm going to shut the door now and we're going to do something in spite of you. And I know you're on the other side of the door, but I'm going to make it a glass door. I'm going to make it French doors. I might even make it a screen door over time. But right now I need to do the thing. And so if you're going to be a little bit quieter, I can do a screen door. But if you're going to be loud and obnoxious, like you have been for the last couple of years, I'm going to need a solid door that is soundproof. I'm sorry. And I love you. And no, you're not welcome here. But over time, we will eventually give you the key. Or I might turn it into French doors and then I might turn it into a screen door. It's a process. In the beginning, you have to kind of shut her down or shut him down and be pretty firm. And then you can lighten up over time and kind of coexist with him or her. But in the beginning, it's kind of some tough love, huge boundaries. And then the T is my favorite is that's when you're living your truth. You're living your true self, who your soul is meant to be. You know when you're feeling this way because you feel the discomfort of growth versus the discomfort of stagnation. When you feel stuck, when you feel like you're in quicksand, when you feel like you're spinning your wheels, that is when the inner mean girl or the inner mean guy and the inner critic is running the show. When you are in your truth, when you are feeling at a soul level, you're doing God's purpose, the universe's purpose, whatever you were put on this planet to do. When you are in that space, you will feel the same type of discomfort, but it'll feel the discomfort of growth versus the discomfort of stagnation. Because you'll know at the heart level and the soul level, you're doing what God intended for you to do or what the universe or what at the soul level, what your calling is. Now, some people say, well, you're telling me I can do whatever I want. So at 50 years old, you're saying I can be an Olympic gymnast and win the gold medal. And I usually respond with something like, well, is that something you even want? Is that on your heart? Is that a soul's calling that you're feeling whisper? It will needle at you. It will poke at you. It will whisper and then it will get louder. Then you'll see signs. Then you'll see billboards. Then you'll be invited to go watch the Olympics at a friend's house. But if it's not really at a soul level, you're calling, those things won't happen. So you already know what that thing is. But a lot of times, this is where it gets super tricky. Ready for this? Your brain will spin in overwhelm and confusion to keep yourself safe. Well, I don't know if it's I want to do the floor routine or the uneven bars or the parallel bars. Or I know I need to lose 50 pounds, but I'm not sure if I should do what Kelly thinks I should do or what this plan thinks I should do or this plan over here. And then I had a friend at work. Well, I don't know. Should I do cardio or should I do weights? Or maybe I should go for a walk. How much time should I walk? I don't really know. And so we spin in that limbo and that discomfort of the spinning of overwhelm and confusion. I don't know. I just need some more time. I want to wait for the new year to come and then I'll do the things. I want to wait till time clears up when I have more time to do the thing. And you can, you can totally wait. I'm just letting you know that it will still needle at you. 
So whatever that needling is, that poking, that prodding, that's the thing. And it's probably not going to become Olympic gymnast gold medal winner at 50 years old. It could be, and you could do it at the local level, but the brain will be like, oh, who does Kelly think she is? She thinks I can do whatever. Do I want to be a NBA superstar? Well, do you even want that? Or is that just something that you're using to spin an overwhelming confusion? It's very creative, the inner critic. So just be on to her, be on to him. In the beginning, you're gonna have to use some tough love and some serious boundaries. And then over time, you're like, hey, we have to go on vacation together and we're gonna be at the beach together. We have to show up for pictures. How do you wanna coexist? I know you're here to try to protect me. I don't need that much protection. I do need some protection, just not that much. And then you can hear what Edith has to say. Well, I'm just trying to do your job that you're not doing. You're being so reckless. You're not being responsible. You're a grown-up now. You're not being responsible. You need to do all the things that I tell you to do. And sometimes it might be someone else's voice. It might be your mom's voice or your father's voice or your mother-in-law's voice or your sister's voice or your third grade teacher's voice echoing through. That's even more fun because then you can realize, oh, they were just projecting onto me how they felt about themselves. That's true freedom because you realize it had nothing to do with you. So mastering the mean girl and mastering the mean guy is not easy, but it's work worth it because then you create a relationship within yourself that becomes an alignment at the soul level, at the heart level, and you're living in your truth. You're living in your authentic self. You don't feel like you're living a phony baloney version of yourself, just kind of winging it or faking it because your insides will match your outsides. You're not using the outsides and running like on a marathon or like on a treadmill of life to try to get your worthiness outside of yourself, through your kids, through your spouse, through your job, through your income, through your house, because that always leaves you empty. Just like Melissa was going through, she had all the things on the outside, but she was dying on the inside. So she felt like she was on this treadmill to her worthiness to stop the inner mean girl. And she realized sitting in the hospital with cold sores that that was her hurricane to wake her up. Like Oprah says, you'll have a little whisper, you'll have a pebble, then you'll have a brick wall, and then all of a sudden you have the hurricane. Listen to those whispers. Listen to the needling. Don't expect the inner critic to disappear. We're just gonna try to coexist with him or her with love. And it's not on the wagon, off the wagon. It's a daily level of consciousness because there's only one you. You have that gift. You have that whisper that's telling you to go do the thing. And doing the thing is different for all the people because everyone I talk to, I spend most of my time encouraging them to do the thing, quieting their inner critic and telling them how amazing they are, but it doesn't mean anything. It might mean something that I think it, but it's like filling up a bucket that has holes in it because it doesn't do anything unless you think it. And if you're worried, all of a sudden I'm going to turn into a narcissist after a lifelong of being a people pleaser. It probably won't happen. I'm just saying give it a little equal airtime because if nothing changes, then nothing changes. Because you are good enough, you are worthy, you are whole. That was given to you the day you were born and there's nothing outside of you that can measure that or make it get brighter or even make it get dimmer. When you know that, then you can live your life from that place and live your life from the in to the out versus living your life from the out to the in. Mastering your mean girl and mastering your inner mean guy is powerful work because it's the gift that keeps on giving because you will realize once you master your inner critic, you will find you'll be so much less critical of the people within your four walls because you don't need anything from them and their only job is to show up and be their authentic self and be who God intended them to be. And then you're living this life and this relationship that just gets deeper and more profound and more meaningful. And it's less about brushing the teeth and it's more connection on a soul level. And when you have connection, you have cooperation and you have nothing but love. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, 
or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.